Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to The Tonight Show. The government is set to face a no-confidence vote next week over the housing crisis, but dismisses the Labour Party move. This isn't the first motion of confidence we've had in the government. Our government minister does one every two or three months. Um, it will be defeated. It will be defeated by a significant margin. It is largely political theatre. In breaking news tonight, Garthi make two arrests today over the 1984 Kerry Babies case. And later, we discuss all the other big stories of a busy news week with our Thursday night panel. You can join our conversation online with your comments and your questions on the hashtag TonightVMTV. We start with some breaking news tonight and two people have been arrested on suspicion of murder in the so-called Kerry Babies case. A man in his 60s and a woman in her 50s were arrested today in the Munster region. The discovery of the body of an infant in Carzivine in County Kerry in 1984 became known as the Kerry Babies case. The suspects can be held and questioned for up to 24 hours. Well, for more on this breaking story tonight, I'm joined by Sinead Kelleher, journalist with the Kerryman newspaper. You're very welcome along to the programme, Sinead. Um, could you bring us um, up to date on these arrests and maybe give us some background um, around this case, which has been the subject of renewed investigation and appeals since 2018? Yeah, well, it's, um, it's we, at this point in time, we don't know very much yet because it's actually just happened. But what we do know at the moment is that a man and a woman have been arrested and are being detained in the Munster area. Now, this dates back to the launch of kind of a cold case investigation into this death of baby John, who was found in April 94 on the beach in Carsevine. In January 16, 2018, they launched a cold case to find out what happened to baby John. At the time, that was a huge surprise in Kerry. And I suppose in the intervening years, there's been a huge and extensive Garda investigation, which has led to where we are today. During the cold case, when they announced the, like, the review, they said the DNA would be crucial. And this led to the baby being exhumed last September. And since then, obviously, DNA has been crucial to the case. So DNA is obviously believed to be crucial in this moment in time as well. OK, um, and... It's been a case that's been running in Kerry for now almost almost 40 years now, 39 years, and I think there's going to be quite a lot of shock in the county tonight. I think the mood, you know, many people would have preferred not to hear anything about it, especially in the area where it happened back in Carsevine, whereas others want answers to what happened to that baby John who was found in April 1984. OK, Sinead, thank you for bringing us up to date on this uh, developing story tonight. We do appreciate you joining us. Sinead Kelleher, journalist with The, the Kerry Man, thank you for that. Well, now, to uh, move on to other news tonight and the story that just runs and runs, I'm joined on my panel tonight to discuss the lifting of the eviction ban and the fallout by Fine Gael Junior Minister Kieran O'Donnell, Labour Party Senator Mark Wall, Irish Daily Mail Executive Editor John Lee, 
News Talk Lunchtime Live presenter Andrea Gilligan and former government minister Shane Ross. You're all very uh, welcome along to this extended panel, if you like, tonight. Um, look, we want to talk about what uh, a big week this has been and the political fallout from um, this week. And I want to come to you first, Mark Wall, because, um, yes, we've had this um, Sinn Féin motion that was taken to uh, against the lifting of the eviction ban. Labour are trying to move this forward now with their planning of a, a no-confidence motion. Uh, we heard from Leo Varadkar saying no one wants an election and this, you know, should it go against the government? I mean, that could lead to an election. Does Labour want an election now? What's the point of this? The whole point of this is that we will have to hear from government of what their plans are, um, Claire. This is an indefensible situation. This is an indefensible decision by government and indeed uh, government independence. Uh, the government promised no cliff edge. Unfortunately, many of the people that uh, I deal with are actually over that cliff edge now, or actually more of them are actually hanging on to the edge of that cliff edge. Renters don't know where they're going. It's only when you really talk to families and you hear them, as clinics I have done this week and, and, and calls I've had today, that you hear the stress that families are under and that this government have put them under. And and that's the reason why uh, the Labour Party have put down this no-confidence motion. That's the reason why we have to judge this government where they are, because at the end of the day, it's those people that don't know where they're going, that don't know where their children are going to go to school, because the, when you look at, at the various spots for rent at the moment, it's simply not there. Mm. And, and when, you hear, that, when you hear, Mark, sorry, of the government responses, um, you know, what they came up with in response to this uh, Sinn Féin motion... Uh, was anything in that, did anything in that reassure the Labour Party and cause them to pause for thought on whether um, they would run ahead with this planned no-confidence motion? The, pro the problem with what, what's been proposed by government is why it didn't happen at the start of the eviction ban, Claire. Like, there's no problem here in, in what the government are proposing if it worked, but why are we waiting on a lifting an eviction ban when people are going to lose their homes? And that's what's going to happen, and that's what government knows going to happen. And what we need to happen now is to have to have solutions that that are actually going to work while the eviction ban is and put back in place. And what about the solutions? I mean, the solutions what, are... What, that, what yeah. about what's being proposed by government? What should have happened, and what should have happened, is that our leader wrote to the Taoiseach last, last Thursday, advising him and, and offering a, a legislation that would actually allow for uh, an eviction ban to, 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 to stay in place while those solutions were there, and then to, to look at what was going to happen over a four-month period. Mm. And once those homeless figures were reduced, and this is what those that are working on the coalface wanted as well, then we could consider lifting that eviction ban. And that's what should have happened. And that's what hasn't happened. And the government are responsible for thousands of people okay. at the moment right. who are in a poor position and don't know what's going to happen for them. And Kieran O'Donnell, the argument is, if you did that and you kept the eviction ban in place for a period while you implemented all these big promises that you came out with this week, um, the argument there is you wouldn't have had to, you know, put the independents in the driving seat there. You wouldn't have had to, you know, get them on board by, you know, ceding to their list of demands that they came up with and essentially putting them in control. The government have been putting a range of measures in place since before and during the, the moratorium. Uh, we've built... Uh, 6,000 social homes during the, the last, the final quarter of last year. Okay. Uh, we have a tenant situation this, scheme this, in place. This, now, that's not, that, none of that happened since the, the eviction, the eviction It did, yeah, it did. Place. No, the eviction ban, the, the 6,000 homes in the last quarter, yes, you could say that the first month of October, but, but for the October, November and December of last year, 6,000 social homes were provided. 
1,532 votes. Now, can I just make one comment in terms of the Labour motion? This is pure politicking. Labour a bit behind the curve. We already had a vote last week. The government won it comprehensively. And further, even the Labour motion that they proposedly have brought down about uh, will say that there will be a reduction over, over four months. We all want to see reductions, but that might be one person per month. That's not a policy. That's not thought through. OK, well, look, for something that doesn't matter, for something that you're saying um, was theatrics, a stunt, um, you've given a lot away here, haven't you? I mean, as I said, we had the independents coming forward. Mm. You really, despite you saying this was a non-binding motion, this was not important, this wasn't going to sway government... You, you tried to go a lot away. You, you know, you made big announcements this week. You had to get all the independents on side. It didn't keep people like, you know, Mary Butler happy. He's very unhappy about some of the decisions that were made, say, around, um, you know, people who were going into to nursing homes and, and what well, may be offered there, to them in terms there, of there two aspects, rental there breaks. Are, there are two aspects there. One, many of the, the measures that were announced this week, the government are, have already been working on. We so had, nothing new? We had committed to... Uh, looking at the Creekone scheme in terms of being used for rentals, we had committed in terms of the pre-2007. Uh, the, the issue raised in terms of Mary Butler, um, within the, the legislation, uh, there was a change in terms of how the Fair Deal scheme is, is operated, where 60% of, of rental income is effectively uh, ignored. Was, there's, there's to be a review carried out yeah, under I mean, that particular scheme, and really there'll be discussions tomorrow between. Then how did you get them on board? Darryl, Surely you, to, you came up with the list. Darryl O'Brien will response. be meeting Mary Butler tomorrow. These are measures. Discussions take place. We have like-minded independents with us. So they've put forward many of these proposals as well. But these are something that are a positive. Our objective here is to ensure that we get as many houses built and occupied as possible. That's that's our only objective. It's and all about, about solutions. And I, look, briefly just on this, what yeah. about keeping the eviction ban in place while you do all that for a limited, very we, limited we period have of time? Been, we have been doing all these measures already. The tenant situ scheme was there since April of last year. We'd like to see it rolled out faster. There's 1,500 uh, units now being put in, in, in place for that. We, we, the, the ban was always supposed to be a temporary eviction moratorium. All the parties in the Dáil voted for that. Uh, we're basically committed to that. Right. So we, what we now want to see is that we, we go back to a situation where uh, okay. we, we are conscious as well that we've had many landlords leaving. We want to retain them in there. So we, yeah. we've been very honest with the public. This particular uh, moratorium was always supposed to be temporary in nature. Always supposed to be temporary in nature. And yet um, we're facing into a situation now, Andrea, where I guess people really don't know what's going to happen them. Um, you've been hearing a lot from tenants uh, in recent days um, about, I suppose, the insecurity, the instability, and really not knowing what's coming down the line. Yeah, like, you know, I suppose we spent a lot of yesterday and, and today talking about um, the Sinn Féin motion. Today, I suppose, much of the evening has been around the Labour vote of confidence, the fallout from yesterday, uh, Nessa Hurricane, the sanctions, whether they were too harsh, like, the victims in this are going to know the true reality of it tomorrow week. Like, the moratorium is lifted as of, as of next, uh, next Friday night, next Saturday morning, or Saturday week, I should say, the 1st of April. And like all this week, Claire, in the programme, we've been talking to, um, to, to tenants, to people. I had a lady on the show yesterday, and, you know, she's renting a house in Wicklow for the last 11 years. She's two young kids. They're, they're 15 and 5. 
And like, you know, I just said to her, have, have, have you talked to the children? Do, you know, do they know the reality of what's coming? Because she had received an eviction no notice. The eviction ban had kept her in the house, um, obviously on, with, with the moratorium, but, but that now is likely to kick in from, from next weekend. And she's looking around, um, money wasn't the, the obstacle, I suppose, in the sense that she could afford to pay rent to get yeah. somewhere, given the, the, the kind of money we're talking about at the moment. The reality was that she couldn't get a house. It was actually, there was nowhere for her to get in the Wicklow area that she's in to be able to rent to move herself and her partner um, and her husband and her two children into a house as of next weekend. She couldn't get somewhere yeah. in the area. And this is the reality. And yet, like I suppose, a lot of the, the focus in recent um, hours in the last day and a half is all the political fallout. But for the tenants that are listening, and I should say for landlords as well, like the whole thing is, the whole thing is just, it's a shambles. Mm. But, you know, you, you hear, like you're saying about the landlords, so they're, they're equally not happy with what's happening, would you say? Because we keep hearing from the government side of things, and Kieran saying it again, we have to do something to stop landlords exiting the market. But no-one's happy around this, you believe, Andrea? I, I, had a, I had a guy on the show two days ago who's a... Who's, um, well, he's a landlord. Um, not a title that he wants to have, but living in Australia, bought a house, came home with his family, has tenants, obviously, renting the house, and he's now living in a caravan. Because with the eviction ban, you know, he can't, the tenants can't move out, he can't move into the house he has. So the whole thing, like, the balance mm. isn't right for either party in all of this. Yeah, OK, look, we just want to get... Because I know you're saying, you know, it is about the human fallout and the human impact of all of this. Um, it's still from a political point of view, it's interesting to see what's happening within the coalition around all of this with NASA Hurricane's um, suspension. And I, I want to go uh, on Skype now, and we are joined by Green Party councillor Oisín O'Connor. Thanks for joining us on the programme, Oisín. Um, let's talk about the decision that was made by your party to, dis to suspend NASA Hurricane for 15 months. Um, is there a lot of disquiet about that? Are people very unhappy about that, or...? Is them's the breaks? Is that what happens when you decide to vote against your party? Well, personally, I, I feel the sanctions are too harsh. And many members now that I've spoken to uh, throughout today feel the same way. And many of my colleagues, um, councillors from across the country, have been saying the same thing. Um, on, on, I mean, when you are in government, it is expected that you vote with with the government. Um, but we do expect that there will be some level of due process and um, fairness if sanctions are uh, put on people. OK, so you're saying um, that lengthy, that 15 months on the sidelines uh, for NASA Harrigan, there is disagreement and uh, party members are not are not all unified whether they're happy or not at that decision. I've heard very few people saying that they're happy at the decision, to okay. be honest. So it, it's it's not even about being there being discord. It's it's fairly unanimous among members that I've spoken to today. Um, do you believe? Are you taking your eye out of the leadership here? Do you think that um, Eamon Ryan is representing the views and policies of your party? Um, he's he's obviously do, doing a, a good job as minister for the environment. He's brought in climate action legislation. He's moved that forward with the climate action plan mm. to try to achieve. Yeah, but those he's one targets. of the coalition leaders who was in that room when the decision was made to lift the eviction ban, Oshin. Yes, and I, I think we we do have a problem that we are not using our negotiating position uh, strongly enough in those in those coalition leader meetings. And that's probably led us to this point. Um, it's, it's Green Party policy to extend the eviction ban. We passed that at a, at, a, at a meeting of our policy council earlier on this year. 
And unfortunately, that's not um, necessarily being brought to the table within the coalition government. OK, do you expect Green Party members to jump ship? What do you think is going to happen um, off the back of this? Like, how much discontent is there in the party? You're saying that people wholly are not happy at all with this um, decision uh, that was made to suspend uh, NASA. So what, what's going to happen? I don't see people jumping ship. Um, personally, t today I've written to the parliamentary party to ask for clarity on the process um, around the sanctions, and many members that I've spoken to have done the same. Many of us want to want to stay in this party and to to make it work and to put forward the policies of the party and to and to get them um, to, to to get them achieved in government. So for what's next is, you know, we need to uh, regroup and, and figure out how we can um, move forward from this and also right. understand how the decision was made and, and, and okay. what led to it. OK, so an understanding of how the decision was made but, uh, and clarity. Um, but I suppose where you go from there is, is another thing. Oshin, thank you for joining us um, tonight. You, uh, John, on this and on where this has left the government, we're seeing you know, clearly discontent uh, in the Green Party at what's happened nonetheless. Look, they ploughed ahead with it and NASA was the only one essentially to take a stand there. But what's the fallout for the coalition from all of this? Um, it's going to be a long two years to the general election if they're um, struggling to the extent they are in housing. You, you know, I, 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 and the uproar over the eviction ban is understandable, but it's a pattern that was established in Housing for All and it's, it's, it's almost Kafkaesque hearing Kira O'Donnell out now defending a policy that, if I'm right on the timeline, now, correct me here, Dara O'Brien knew it was a tempor temporary eviction ban. He lifted it with the assent of the leaders. The, he then goes to Cabinet. At last, my last count, five Cabinet ministers criticised the fact there was no preparation made at all over the, over the previous six months. Still no preparation. And we get eight proposals from independent TDs who, who seem to independently have come up with this idea themselves. And then the day after they're accepted by the government, a junior minister who's responsible for enacting one of the major deals, um, proposals, which in the wake of, a, of an eviction ban is asking elderly people to become uh, landlords. Uh, and we then have her rejecting Dara O'Brien's proposal and yet, Kieran O'Donnell, a Fine Gael TD, is now coming on criticising Mary, Mary Butler, as far as I can mm. see. I mean, they're all absolutely... Yeah, I all... John, I didn't criticise Mary. You, you criticised her interpretation of a ridiculous measure. So, therefore, you're out defending Dara O'Brien. Fine Gael is, de is, is defending Dara O'Brien. And I would say, lastly, I'm just struck by the fact that Mark and Kieran are sitting beside each other. When we talk about political will and lack of a political will mm. to deal with a, a, a problem... I, I was just thinking back to when you got into government in 2011 and there was, there was, there'd was been extraordinary job losses in the country and a minister for jobs set up uh, with answerable to the Taoiseach a plan to get jobs back into Ireland and over four years you got 100,000 jobs established in Ireland. If you have a coordinated plan in government to do something, it can An be done. Response, but it's not been done under housing at all. It's can, a, it's, can I come yeah, back on that? It's can embarrassingly I just, bad. On the, the Mary uh, issues that Minister Mary Buckley raised, 
She's going to be sitting down with Dara O'Brien tomorrow. But like, but she's no, already okay. spoken today Kieran, and said she's not accepting Kieran, this. Isn't the and point the of this? No, she if said she was going a, to meet the minister tomorrow. And second, isn't the point of this that these are proposals that have just been pulled out of the house? I think, I think what John, are we going I think John, to do? He kept saying this is a non-binding motion, it doesn't matter, it's theatrics, and now you've come up with this big flabby plan. Housing for And we don't know what's going to... Like, some of it requires legislation for these kind of, you know... And I just deal with the point. Housing for all is only this year, and with due respect, John. Why is it you're, you're no, just, a year? No, let me finish, let me finish, John. It took you a year to establish John, let me You want to hear me, John? So housing, housing, housing for all, housing for all is only in place a year. Thirty thousand units built last year. Thirty thousand units built last year. The the highest number in many many years, right? So we are making huge progress, right? And we have and, and can I can I take the point on the measures on the measures right and on, on the measures, the new measures. Many of those measures we have already we have already committed to looking at. We have already to committed looking at well, no no to reviewing. Here. They will make a huge difference. And unlike the other parties, the government have a defined policy. I got we haven't seen any particular defined proposals from the Labour Party we, or Sinn Féin or the other parties. We, we, the proposal you've come up with is unworkable. Here, uh, unworkable. Okay, policies. Mark, in terms yeah. of what you're coming up with, you want it's that eviction ban to stay in place for a further... A period uh, of time. For a period Absolutely. of time, and then each month see how you're getting on with your proposal. With these new with solutions. Those, but Trevor only comes down by one. This is what the people on the front... Mark, would you agree that these solutions would be your solutions too? Absolutely. They're part of the solutions that are needed, Claire. There's no doubt about that. But these are what the people that are working on the coalface are looking for as well. They want to see... 11,754 people who are in homeless at the moment, they want to see those figures reduced. We all want, and that's we're what, all working that's what everybody wants. You're right. Shane, Shane Ross, um, to bring you in on this and the way this is all uh, being manoeuvred, I suppose, politically, that we now got, you know, this bunch of independents on board with their own uh, proposals. We have um, the government with their um, response to this. Um, and I don't know from people watching in who may be really worried about what's going to happen to them and whether they may be evicted from their homes. Mm -hmm. um, is any of this bickering and back and forth um, going to help at all? Probably not at all. I, <clears throat> you know, it's going to start next week. People are going to be put out of their homes next week. And this isn't going to be, nothing's going to be solved by this motion or by the responses to this motion. And, and I think what we, have se what we have seen, in fact, is, 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 a, is a pretty dramatic change in the political structure in the last few days as a result of this that won't do probably much good for the people who are going to suffer. In other words, we've seen the motion, which, by the way, wasn't aimed really at the government by Sinn Féin. It was, it, was, it was aimed at the Greens and other independents to see how many they could peel off. That's what this was mm -hmm. about. It's not actually for the people who are suffering. And they've been successful. They've been successful in that they've, they've got Nasser Hurricane off the pitch. They've reduced the government's majority to one. And what else has happened here is, and I, whatever everybody says, it's quite obvious, a deal has been done. Several deals have been done with the regional independents. You'd be, do, you'd be doing the same deals, wouldn't Ex you? Of course I would. Absolutely. And I don't blame them for yeah, doing is that. that playing, that's but, playing but the, politics. But, but the it's, structure... It's all, it's all yeah. part of this greater stunt that, say, we're hearing, you know, we're hearing from government accusing yeah. the opposition yeah. of, of taking part in. What they've, what they've, done, the is, what they've done is, is a, a piece of... of fairly brilliant political opportunism. They've come in here in, in a difficulty in which the government finds themselves and said, we want this, that and the other. And the government, whatever Leo said this evening, and he, they're only playing with words, has come to an arrangement or an understanding. Mm. A deal has been done.
with five of those regional independents. That is not really the solution to the housing problem. We're getting nowhere there. We've got innocent casualties. As Would you say keep the ban in place? No, 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 no. I, I, I would definitely keep the ban in place. Yeah, Absolutely. keep the ban in place. Yes. You'd say keep the ban in place. I would definitely um, keep the ban in place. I think um, it's, it's madness to take it. Uh, uh, Andrea, as part of the problem um, with, uh, I suppose, the proposals and the response and the fixes we're getting now is that um, they need to be implemented consistently um, across the country and people need answers <coughs> and they need security and they need to know if there's a tenant in situ scheme, how quickly that can change their situation. You know, do you believe that there is? Because I don't believe that we are hearing politically that we are going to get updates on all of this, that, you know, people are really going to be aware of, of their rights and how quickly um, they can be made secure. Like, it sort of struck me today in, in listening to so much of the commentary that which everybody talks about the emergency and the crisis and the housing crisis and the whole, you know, shenanigans about mm. what's going to happen next week. And mm. Shane pointed out the number of people that are going to be facing with eviction notices. I hate to use the word the formation of a committee, but what I would say, you know, two years ago when the whole COVID uh, situation started to unfold and, and in the blink of an eye, there mm. were committees could be pulled together and the top heads of every department and we'd, Leo Varadkar from Washington could be pulled in uh, to talk about how we'd address this. Surely somebody somewhere at some top level of government has suggested that there would be some housing, you know, tenant eviction ban committee put in place, get people to discuss what's going to happen. Like, as Mark pointed out, there's 11,700 in emergency accommodation just... without even talking about asylum seekers and, and refugees. And the, the, the groups on the front line, mm -hmm. the homeless charities all have right. been telling all um, week, can... there isn't the emergency okay. accommodation. Can, can just, OK, just, is there a team? Just, have you rallied just, can... the troops? We've put in place a plan. Every single local authority has a specific team dedicated in the tenants in situ scheme. People, if people are out there and they're on haparaz, they go to their local authority and the local authority have been told in no uncertain terms to purchase their home. Furthermore, if there are tenants out there that are above the social housing income limit, once again, they have, they have two options. One, they have the option to be first people to acquire the house if they wish under the first home scheme, which is a discounted scheme. I mean, the, and secondly, the local authority, our approved housing body, can purchase their home and rent it back to them. Yeah. So when How you're talking about real people, it's, ha it's already and happening. I want, and I want to ask the you tenant situation so scheme is up and running. Yes. We're looking to have the, the rental scheme up and running by the 1st of April, and we're looking at effectively, we're already in discussions on the first home team to see if we, we can amend that to ensure people can have the first option to purchase their home. Yeah, which it's, requires legislation. In nine days' time, people are going to be out of their homes. And not everyone. And I, 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 on the human level, it's very difficult for people. The decision we've made was, was not an easy one. It's are not you, a popular one. Are you a bit sorry? A, like, are you a bit sorry about the decision? Like, it, no. It, it seems we, to We be. want to get the most important thing of all is that we've, we have, we have schemes in place so that Kieran, people can stay can in their homes. Can I ask you who has come up to you and said, this was actually a great, um, a great idea and I really appreciate that you've... What I'm getting, and, and obviously as a TD on the constituency yeah. level, I have people coming to me wanting to stay in their homes. And congratulating I, you on this. No one's congratulating and I don't, wouldn't expect congratulations because it was a difficult decision. Mm. But governments have to make difficult choices and I believe we've made the right one in the circumstances. And when people are coming to me 
What, they, what I want them to do is to have to stay in their homes. Go to their local authority first. They have the wherewithal to purchase their home if they're unhappy or they're uh, arresting. And furthermore, okay. if they're renting, All right. they, that can, they can purchase the home first right of okay. purchase. And secondly, that the local authorities, their program, can purchase the home and rent it back to them. OK, right. Um, we want to keep people in their homes. Um, yeah, nonetheless, um, it will be interesting to see, I suppose, how this plays out. It won't be interesting for those who are very worried about their situation, John. Um, from, you know, the government's handling of this, um, you know, really, because there is a deadline that has been removed now, essentially, we are going to see um, and hear a lot more stories, aren't we, um, in the coming weeks? Yeah, but, you know, um, homelessness had reached record levels already, you know, so the, 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 the most pressing problem is the lack of coherence and political management. Housing, um, uh, homelessness was going to increase and it is going to increase. I just see a real problem for them because there's a danger of the government falling if this attritional um, effect continues. We've had three votes on housing since December, yet the only way they can possibly, the government that is, face any chances of re-election is for the housing situation to improve, for more homes to be built, for some of those te temporary measures, bringing um, derelict buildings back into play, which have failed utterly all along. And... Mm. There is nothing but failure ahead. And I can only really see um, serious political destruction for the coalition at the next general election, no matter what they do at this stage, because they, they seem utterly unable to... Right. You'll appreciate care. I have to contract that. Very simply, we're going, to, we're going to build... We're, we're looking, really to, well we're looking to build 30,000 units again next year. What we want, you, we have a plan. The the John, 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 this year you won't, you John, won't achieve John. the numbers you, you, on your targets. Here no, no, you on our targets, we, 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 we will, our targets, we have heard about the targets. exceed those targets. Yeah, but what, a lot what, more is needed. What we are depending. Taoiseach said two hundred and fifty thousand times. And we know that that the teacher has put out that figure yeah. and it's a correct figure. But we are making progress. It's multiples of what's being promised under the housing for all plan. No, no, we are talking about there's a deficit there at that moment to do catch-up. We're looking to do 33,000 yeah, units per round and 40,000 by, by 2030. We appreciate it's a huge challenge, mm -hmm. but we have a plan. Houses are being built. Okay. Uh, we made the decision in, in taking everything into consideration that we don't want further landlords to leave. All we right. want to bring it back. And other parties are talking okay. about the ban being lifted next January when it would be in the height of winter with, no, with, 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 with an absolute cliff edge at that time. Oh, we right, want okay. to ensure we, get, we keep people staying in their homes. Uh, we will leave that there for now, but it is uh, not going away, that's for sure. My thanks to, uh, to Kieran and to Mark. Uh, the others are staying on with me. We're going to look at some other big stories of the week, so do stay with us. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. 
like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back, Irish Daily Mail executive editor John Lee, News Talk Lunchtime live presenter Andrea Gilligan and author and journalist Shane Ross um, are still here with me and we're going to take a look at some of the other big stories of the week and a story that is just breaking tonight um, that World Athletics has banned transgender women from competing in the female category at international events. And the governing uh, body's president, uh, Sebastian Coe, said no transgender athlete who had gone through male puberty would be permitted to compete in female world-ranking competitions from the 31st of March. Um, Shane Ross, to ask you, as a, as a former sports minister, what your view is on this decision from World Athletics. I think um, when, I, when I was minister for sports a few years ago, this hadn't arisen, actually, as a, as a major issue at that time. It was... It was bubbling away, and now we're now we're getting into some really down to the nitty gritty. Which is, judging by this statement tonight, it's pretty indecisive as well. Basically, he's taking what they describe here as a preliminary decision. Mm -hmm. And what what we need, I think, and I'm not avoiding the question. I just, I, but I don't know the answer. Mm -hmm. What we need is we need um, a lot of sophisticated research. We need a lot of scientific research, and re the results of that to make decisions. So at the moment, I think we, what we've got is probably a holding position, but not a definitive one, because this is still, it's still a problem, which is obviously very difficult for women in sports to deal with. Yeah, it's certainly um, something that has caused, you know, started a huge conversation. Um, but I'm wondering with all of this, Andrea, and in general, is this, I mean, you know, Shane saying there, this wasn't an issue a few years ago. Is this a big issue, really, or is it part of this wider culture war where we're making something arguably, you know, relatively to relatively minor impact <coughs> into a, into a major issue? Big issue, I suppose, if you're if you're involved in the sport, um, whether as a, a trans woman or a female competitor, mm. um, and obviously, like we are seeing, I suppose, more and more of this um, raising its head at various different various different games. I think the, this decision, or certainly the, the urgency I understood earlier today from this being made now, was that I think a lot of the international ranking competitions tend to, to get underway from, from the end of this month. And um, I suppose they, they felt, I think the World Aquatic um, grouping had brought in a similar decision, I think, mm -hmm. not that terribly terribly long ago as well. We've had people from the sports world. We've, we've heard from Sonia O'Sullivan and, and others. I heard um, cross-country runner out today too, an Irish international cross-country runner, runner out talking about this. So it is something that is becoming um, much more of a, a talking point, a more common talking point, I think, in, in, recent, in recent months. Like, I think a lot of people are um, hesitant to talk about this, if I'm honest, Claire. We saw that even in the last couple of days, even even politically, like from, mm. from the political standpoint in Leo Varadkar's comments, I think people and politicians are, are a little bit afraid to talk about it. I think they're not quite sure what their view is and they're yeah. 
terribly afraid of saying the wrong thing and 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 probably being cancelled effectively yeah. for it. But I suppose what emerged from this was that, you know, they've come out with the decision to say there's insufficient evidence that trans women don't retain an advantage and the usual kind of thing. I think there's going to be a committee formed, working committee formed. They're going to appoint mm. um, a trans, uh, transgender representative to take part yeah. in these it's, discussions. It, it, but yeah, it's interesting, though, with all of this, um, Sebastian Coe did note that there are currently no transgender athletes competing internationally in the sport. Um, so it, it's in an interesting... In that, that's what it, There's no transgender athletes. Now, there are athletes which people have questioned about higher testosterone levels and whether they um, should be competing and all of that, and there are rules and limits being brought in around testosterone levels. But on that issue, that's why I'm asking, you know, with, I guess, the fallout from this and the sense that we are hearing from trans groups that it is a sad uh, moment for trans um, mental health, that the ban is adding to discrimination that trans people already face. Um, are they making a big statement here that's going to have ramifications really not for people, you know, in sport, but for the wider and vulnerable trans community? Well, they clearly believe it's, it's an issue because they've, they've issued a very high-profile statement mm. banning transgender athletes. And, and as far I've followed this story somewhat, and as far as I know, there was, they made a, 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 another statement at the beginning of the year where they said they were going to judge transgender or alleged transgender athletes on their testosterone levels. Now they've, they've brought it to something else. And it's been reported in the, in, in the Mail Online, who are not worried about being cancelled, that that was done because of protests from women's athletic groups. I think it's a particular issue in athletics, uh, swimming, uh, cycling, because they are explosive sports mm -hmm. where someone's body power competes with another person's body power. Whereas in football, even rugby, although it is a, it is a, a, a somewhat... Um, body contact sport. Totally. I don't think I don't think any yeah. drugs or any body change is mm. going to make Lionel Messi a better footballer or a worse footballer. I think in soccer it hasn't become an issue for instance the world's the world's most okay. popular game. People uh, manipulating their bodies in whatever fashion with drugs for instance has been a, a, a an issue that has scarred athletics for 30 years. I lost all interest in the sport as a child when I saw um, ben you Johnson to dope, for, you're, you're, for doping. For so doping. so okay. it's an issue whether there are transsexual. But, um, I mean, I, you don't think you can equate uh, trans no, people, if you let me finish, people are... If you let me finish, okay. and, and you're the person who brought up in the programme, so people's bodies and their body shape are an issue for athletics. Therefore, they've decided to, to take action in their sport they govern the rules. The rules are theirs. Okay. And no matter what we think of the rules, they're entitled to make the rules as best they like. All right. Um, uh, and I know, as you said there, Shane, there is sort of conflicting science still on all of this. So whether that decision lasts or whether it's something that's back up for review again, yeah, I mean, I mean, we'll have to see on this. Just want to move on to yeah. um, the uh, other story um, around... Uh, TikTok, because the TikTok CEO, Zhu Zichu, was uh, addressing lawmakers in Washington, uh, facing really big questions about its relationship with the Chinese parent company ByteDance. Now, Andrea, I'm sure you're up on all things TikTok, um, <laughs> massive TikTok account yourself, but no, you, would use it, you would use it regularly with, with work, would you? And, uh, like, I mean, I mean, it's used, I suppose, 
um, by media, like we're using it ourselves. But it's interesting now that all eyes on it, at what governments are doing with this, how it's being um, used at, at, at a senior government level, and I guess uh, what this giant Chinese parent company are up to. Mm. Do you know, I only joined TikTok about two months ago because I, I felt I was so behind the curve, <laughs> clear on it, with regards to social media. But I, I was reading through one of the papers recently and the number of um, government TDs and even ministers that have, you know, the, the level of following that they have. And it's interesting to see, I suppose, the, the interaction and how they're communicating with, uh, with the electorate and with the audience on it. Um, yeah, th this all happened, I suppose, today in the States. I think what's interesting in this, though, is the the Irish um, positioning, I suppose, in all of this, in the sense that isn't there two data, two TikTok data centres planned for sure. Ireland with regards to, um, I suppose, the EU regulatory control and, and, and maintenance of the, of the information? So I suppose we have... We have an interest uh, in this and how this plays out uh, in the States, but obviously any... Um, so we don't want to see... So ties. basically what, what's happening here is that the, the, the US is threatening with, with banning it outright. 150 million Americans use TikTok. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and to sell those shares in this Chinese company or face this ban. And we had from the TikTok CEO today, Shane Ross, saying that we are promising to keep users and their data safe Congress, though, simply isn't buying this, but it does pose that bigger question about all the other tech companies yeah. um, and not just TikTok and what they're doing with our information and our data. Yeah, and, and uh, the Chinese say they're pretty suspicious of the American companies and what they're doing as, as well. I'm a bit of a sceptic of all this, you know. <laughs> it's, it's a good story, but does it surprise you? that This is what large countries do against each other. They use every weapon in their disposal mm -hmm. to gather information. And I'd be very surprised if this isn't actually happening, but I would, I'd be very surprised if it's not happening in Moscow as well, if it's not happening in Beijing as well. And I wouldn't be, I would, I'd be very surprised if they don't have devices to tell whether you're being bugged yeah. like they always had bugging devices. We're gonna have to get used to this kind of cyber spying. It's just gonna keep happening and grow up about it. It's the sort of war games that they play and it's better than the, the real ones. Well, I mean, the question is then, um, the UK Parliament is the latest government to, to you know, to, to, ban, to ban the site. It's been banned, um, it's been banned across the Parliament uh, in Westminster. I mean, what should happen here, do you think, John? Um, well, they categorically said, when I asked them a couple of weeks ago, the government, whether they're gonna um, move on TikTok, they said no. Um, they had no intentions. And I think Andrew's kind of touched on perhaps a reason is that we are very economically reliant on all these social media companies. So we're holding back. The EU has moved on us. They don't want it. I, I, I agree with Shane. I just think a, a lot of this is, is overblown. I looked at a little bit of the testimony from US, US Congress and one um, Congress a, a woman, I think it was, um, said that TikTok are damaging America because they're getting our kids addicted to TikTok. So it's not actually, a, a part of it is not mm. at all about, um, about, about data collection. Big agencies yeah. will collect data on us, sure. whether they're social media companies or not. Mm. Aren't oh. they due to appear before the media committee, though? They are. Not part of the so whether we will get anything else out of that, you'll probably get a similar uh, performance that we got um, today in front of uh, lawmakers Simon in, Harris in will fight hard to stop any ban, I think. He's got 90,000 followers. That's Michael Heaton raised huge on it too. Yeah. Yeah. He'll put the kibosh on any plans yeah. to do any of that. Well, we don't know. Maybe he won't. Um, we'll have to leave it there. Coming up next, those dramatic pension protests in France. Do stay with us.
Welcome back, Irish Daily Mail Executive Editor John Lee, News Talk Lunchtime Live presenter Andrea Gilligan and former Government Minister Shane Ross are still here with me because we're going to talk now about the massive pension protests that are taking place um, in France. And only the French really know how to do it, Shane Ross. Over a million people have come to protest in Paris and they think that throughout the country, three and a half million people um, have protested over the issue of potentially raising uh, the legal retirement age to 64. People are really, really angry about this over there. Well, I wonder. You know, um, they appear to be. There seem to be an awful lot of young people mm -hmm. demonstrating about old people's pensions, which is, I think the French, the French quite like striking. You know, they're, they're good at striking. They, they, they have very, very strong unions there. Uh, and they'll go on strike at the drop of a hat compared with what we'll do here. You know, you, you don't have to look at the, you know, the, the students in way back. You look at the yellow jackets, you look at the lightning mm -hmm. transport strikes. When you go to France now on a Monday, you have to check that the trains, the trains are running. Yeah. You always have to Ports, do that. Ports, highways, do that. It's France, a universities have been blocked by that. We see some of the images yeah. there that the riot police also have been um, out in force. But the big anger, it seems, directed at all of this is that this was pushed through without any yeah. vote yeah. at all, um, John. And... That's something that's really angry. I mean, Macron is already at his lowest approval rating, um, so he's not doing very well. And, and, and he's being accused of being in denial about this, that he's trying to push through something that clearly millions of people countrywide don't want to see happen. Well, Macron might lose four more supporters because we're supposed to be going there on our family yeah. holiday the week after next. So once we can They're get in... Are you going to change um, your plans or are you going to join no, the protest? Um, well, the if you join the protest, the kids will expect it on every holiday, so we'll, um, we'll stay well away from them. Um, John, when I, I was there, when I was in Paris not very long ago, I, I, got, I got involved with a baton charge, so I'd keep out of the way. It's not very pleasant. Oh, God. When I, I, didn't, I wasn't demonstrating. I well after it, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, the big issue, though, of pensions, like, it's always been really divisive. Even here, like, it's an issue and there's talk of raising it to, what, 67 um, and that we will eventually have to do that because we can't afford to continue on as we are at mm. 65. But the French, yeah, there is very, obviously, huge union support and it really brings people in, but they feel very strongly about having that time mm. and not being pushed to work um, later and later into life, Andrea. Yeah, like, it's a very personal issue, I think. You know, you, they're protesting in France about raising it from 62 to 64 and, like, we're what, talking about raising it to 70? Mm -hmm. you know, down the mm -hmm. line. And there was research out here even today talking about, um, it was asking people, 700 people nationwide, whether or not you would work. Uh, if you got an extra 50 quid a week in the state pension, would you work to the age of 70? And only 23% of those that took part in this nationwide survey here in Ireland, mm -hmm. you know, with the backdrop of what's been going on in yeah. France for the last nine days, just 23% said um, they would work extra for the for the additional 50 euro. So, I mean, like, it's incredible to see what has happened in France over mm -hmm. the last number of days. The footage you've just shown between train strikes, schools shut, there's piles of rubbish all over the place. Like, people are just incredibly yeah. passionate about this. And, and whatever their motivations, as Shane pointed out, some of those protesting are 
are way well, off yeah. well, pension Macron age. Macron has handled it very, very badly. He only spoke about it but for the first time in weeks this evening, yeah. as far as I know. And it was passed, rushed through, um, I think, on, on the 16th of March. Um, and also previous reforms, uh, which I suppose people could take lessons from uh, globally on that in terms of protest, but they have been withdrawn because of people going out protesting. They've actually pulled back after they became law. So um, interesting to see what happens in this one. Um, look, we're going to end on a bit of a light note, a pleasant note. We've got <laughs> just not long to talk about this giant rabbit uh, the size of a small dog found as a stray in Dublin. Who knew um, there were rabbits this size? Seven kilos, a Flemish rabbit found in Mulhuddert last Thursday. And there's still no home for Queen Maeve. Um, so we don't know what... Would you like to take uh, Queen Maeve home? Uh, Andrea, would you be a fan <laughs> of a rabbit the size I'm of a dog? The greatest, I'm not the greatest animal lover. I think she's been nicknamed Queen Maeve <laughs> by uh, the veterinary team that, that, at the DSPCA. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a ginormous rabbit. I don't know how somebody... In fact, no one has come forward. How does nobody know they're, they're missing Queen Maeve? How has <laughs> no, nobody taken ownership of her? No owner has come forward. She's a beauty, they say. Uh, we'll have to leave it there. That's it from us. Our programme is available as a podcast. You can find us on TikTok, actually. But from all the late team here, good night. Take care. 